views or opinions expressed on KUR are not necessarily those of Kutztown University, Kutztown University Student Government, Kutztown University Student Services Incorporated, KUR staff and management or other affiliated organizations. And welcome in once again. This is Backlash here on the radio voice of Kutztown University. KUR Kutztown, I'm your host Mitchell Smedley. Alongside me, the wonderful, the beautiful Josh Toot. How are we doing today, Josh? Good. How are you? I'm all right. We got a lot to discuss. Philly's spring training is underway. Baseball is back on our televisions, and it will be there every single weekend until November. So excited to have baseball back. Um, our Flyers, they're scuttling a little bit. They uh, they had a rough weekend. We'll talk about it. And then, um, of course, we'll have some other discussions as well. I want to get your thoughts as well. 610-683-4058. Once again, 610-683-4058 if you want to call in. Our topic today, what's the worst loss you can remember? Try and be out of the box with it too, you know. Obviously, there's the playoffs, the, the Super Bowls, the World Series losses. What are some regular season losses also or, or other playoff uh, moments that stick out to you as excruciatingly painful? We'll get into all that. And more today. But first, Josh, it's a little bit warmer outside here at Kutztown. I, gotta, I like it. I got to tell you, I walked out of class today. So, you know, I'm in my pro sem, I guess, of special ed right now. Um, so I'm in class in the same classroom from 9 a.m. till about 3.45 p.m. Ooh. And I walked out with my coat on. I'm like, oh, it's going to be cold. Here we go. Walked out of his warm. You got to you got to kind of like instead of breathing in and go, oh, it's cold. You got to breathe out and go, ah, it's, you know, it's not warm. Like it's not hot, but it's it's at least bearable. Uh, was, I still had the jacket I, on today, but I I like the weather. I actually took it off on the way to the MSU mm. and then I put it right. I back kept on. the jacket on, but I kept it unzipped. So I, I and then I walked in here and I started to say ooh again. It's cold. Yeah, dude, it's freezing in the studio. It that is never changes. freezing. Death taxes in a cold studio, I guess. Here at KUR. Um, once again, want to get your thoughts, anything Philly sports related, don't hesitate, 610-683-4058, would love to talk with you here. On Backlash, there's always something to be pissed off at, right? So, vent your frustrations here on our airwaves. This is, uh, this is a group therapy session for Philly sports fans. <laughs> group therapy Group therapy <laughs> session for Philly sports fans. that's what we are, Josh. Yeah, we really are. So let's get into it. The Phillies have now completed three spring training games, just finished up one against the Padres. Uh, not Padres. That is not even close. Against the oh. Red Sox. I don't know where oh. that came from. Oh. Uh, I have no idea why I just said the Padres. Uh, but they they lose to the Red Sox on a wild pitch in the ninth inning, a walk-off for the for the Sox down in, down in the Grapefruit League. 7-6 your final today. But before that, the Phillies getting two wins over the weekend. They beat the Toronto Blue Jays 14-13 in a high-scoring affair for their first game. And a dominant showing yesterday. Uh, Aaron Nola taking the mound, and he led the way to seven and a third scoreless for Phillies pitching combined before the Yankees would get their first hit in route to a 4 nothing Phillies lead. We've seen a lot in spring training so far, and, and I guess the top story, as it always is with the bats in spring training, Scott Kingery's been tearing the cover off the baseball, and that just seems to be a recurring thing. Buddy has a, a tremendous spring. People think maybe he's put it together, and then anytime he seems to come up to the big leagues, it just falls back apart. One of the worst uh, one of the worst decisions of the Matt Clentac era, the Scott Kingery cr- contract, is coming to a close. Thank God. Holy smokes, right? So... I don't know. Do you think this is just more fool's gold with Kingery with his home run, his four RBI day, the first game of spring training, and a couple hits uh, since then? I mean, I feel like it's definitely like he's not the only example in Philly's history. I mean, you know, we saw him today pitching David Buchanan. You know, he has used to have a great spring training for the Phillies. Great example. And, uh, you know, he would do very well in the minors once he hit the majors. Wouldn't do much. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so I, I definitely think that. You know, it's the same retelling story, and we could say the names over and over and over again. Another good example, Vance Worley. I mean, yeah. he, he bounced around the majors, but do okay. Can you believe tri- that guy was in the World Baseball Classic? He actually didn't do all that horrible, though. That's <laughs> the uh, that's the worst part. It's funny. I, I know. And, and, and <laughs> you know, it, it just seems like you're always going to have those players, and it just seems like the Phillies always keep picking them up. And yeah. I, I, I don't know why. Like that is um, it's almost like you know. Did you ever hear the saying "Don't beat a dead horse"? It, yes. it, it's basically the saying right there. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not really. 
you know, certain what's going on with Kingery, but that that is actually I kind of hinted at one thing I also wanted to uh, talk about real quick. I loved having it last year, but I'm kind of relieved there's no WBC this year. Uh, all of the schedules it threw off and, and having players not be ready to go for the majors after coming back from it. I mean, we're going to get to see a, a fully rested, fully trained uh, Trey Turner ready to go. We're going to see uh, Kyle Schwarber and, and these other guys, JT Romuto, ready to go. I think that had a, a hand in their downturn last year, if you, if you don't uh, disagree, Josh. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's just they didn't get their normal their normal training. They didn't get their normal reps in, and uh, and I think you saw the the consequences of that. And we saw it across baseball. I mean, everybody not named Mookie Betts was was slumping after the WBC last year. I mean, the World Baseball Classic. I mean, I get why they have it to see who the best of the best is. And I oh, mean, I love having it. I would not trade it. I'm oh, just saying it's it's nice having my players fully engaged in. Oh yeah, training for sure. Year. I mean, I mean, if you don't like the WBC, I mean, how can you not argue the coolest thing watching Shohei Otani with Japan facing off against Mike, Mike Trout. Trout for the championship? That was yep. beautiful. I mean, that was the, the, that that was just beautiful. It was I mean, really nice. Um, and I was uh, I was disappointed that Harper was hurt though, that he couldn't participate. That was tough. I he, mean, you know, he would have been there. So. Oh, absolutely, he would have absolutely been the WBC um, MVP. I think maybe. I think there was definitely a good chance of that happening. Um, so. I, I definitely think that, you know, it's good to not have it, though, those off couple of years. But when they do have it, it's nice. It's almost, you know, it reminds me of the Olympics a little bit, you know, and then because the Olympics come up in the next uh, two years, correct? Uh, Olympics, I think, are... Every four. Every Well, it's two, and then... So it goes two years, and then it's the summer, two years, and then it's winter. This year, I believe, is the Olympics. I think we have a 2024 Olympics. We Yeah, we do. I can't... Because they were going to be 2020, they got pushed to 21 because of the pandemic. Then we had the 22, I believe that was Winter Olympics. So I think we have 2024 Summer yeah, Olympics yeah, this year. Yeah, it's in uh, Paris. Paris, yep, I remember Paris, that. Paris, yeah. I don't know why I thought that as well. But, you know, and I, I definitely do like it. I think it's um, it's just, I mean, it really doesn't mean much other than just bragging rights for your sure. country. I mean, but, I mean, you have to like it at some point. But, Mitch, I have to take a quick break to read a K-War notebook. Um well, why don't you just get right on on it then? Working. Working on it. From the KUR Notebook, attention KU community. If you need any extra help with your math courses, the Department of Mathematics offers free walk-in peer tutoring for students in classes from Math 17 through the calculus sequence. Tutors are available Monday through Thursday in 207 Lytle from 2 to 5 p.m. This message of community interest is brought to you by the radio voice of Kittstown University KUR. Nice job, Josh. Thank you very much. Talking Philly spring training here on Backlash. If you're just joining us, I'm Mitchell Smedley. That's Josh Toot. And uh, let's run through some other spring training notes. Kingery, obviously, had the big day Saturday. Uh, the Phillies put up an inning of 10 runs scored. Not only did they bat around, they, they scored 10 runs in one inning. The things you see in spring training, right? Um, some other home run hitters. Today we had Derek Hall hit a home run, two-run shot. Whit Merrifield, his first of the spring First in a Phillies uniform, nice uh, nice shot to left field there for Witt. That was nice. Uh, also a two-run home run. Uh, Christian Pache had a home run. Johan Rojas had a triple, which was actually a ball that I think should have been caught, but the center fielder missed it with his glove. Rojas got, I believe, a two-RBI triple out of that. Um, and, uh, yeah, so those are some of the, the key hits, I think, uh, some of the promise that we're seeing from these Phillies roster members or, or adjacent thereof. Um. Yeah. What have you What have you thought of the Phillies' offense so far? Hard to judge because it's spring training. But uh, what do you like? See, I I don't like. You know, I like spring training, but at the same time, I don't like how they only take like, like you know, we're seeing in today's roster. I mean, you, they took Wit and Johan Rojas. I mean, yeah, it's Sosa and, and Mundo Sosa. Um, Sosa's been playing pretty decent so far. But at at the, at the same time, though, I mean, it's not like the normal Phillies lineup that you, that you'll see every day. I mean, you're only you're only taking what you know the split squad. Um, but I mean, you know, the Phillies they did a really good job. I thought in um, the Yankees game, we saw a lot of the big names there playing in that game, and um, yeah. they they, they did... got kind of shut down though. I, I thought the offense was kind of lacking in that game. And but I thought you know Turner had I, like an infield hit, uh, but I reached think, on an error there. I think I think at the same time though, you know the Phillies 
we're going up against some really good pitching um, in in the Yankees system. I mean, uh, you know, it's obviously they're not taking you know their full their full roster, but you know the Yankees they're always known to have good pitchers. I mean, yeah, so, who did they pitch in that game? Stroman, uh, Marcus Stroman. Yeah, took yeah. the loss. Um, two two and a third, uh, four hits, three runs, two errors. Yeah, um, the Phillies had the kind of that. They kind of dinked and dunked their way to those three runs in the inning uh, before the and then uh, Pache home run later in the game. Yeah, and then uh, Ron Marinasio um, gave up a run himself. So those were the four runs. Uh, yep. Um, Stroman's ERA right now seven point seven one. Yeah, you see some funny some yeah, funny I, stats. Like I, you'll see I guys love... with a one hundred twenty ERA, but that's because uh, that's like projected out over nine outs. And if they only pitch like a third of an inning, right? Um, how if they allow one run? If you allow one run in a third of an inning, um, you then have a 27 ERA after your first outing, which is really funny. Not 2.7, a 27 ERA. You see guys with over 100 ERAs uh, in the spring. It's really hard to take so stats I, from that. So I have to pose you an interesting question because I saw MLB wrote an article about this. It's almost like a hot take, I guess. But if there's one Philly that's under the radar, who do you think it, that person would be that – probably might make the opening day roster for the um, Under the radar that could make the roster. So I, I'll give you a big leaguer that I think no one's talking about for this year. Okay. A guy that was on the team last year. Um, and Yohan Rojas. No. Let's go. Nope. Gregory Soto. Greg Soto. I, I don't think people understand that he is very capable of having a bounce back year. We talk all this time about Castellanos and Turner struggling their first years in Philadelphia. Why isn't the same olive branch extended to Gregory Soto? I, I think we're too hard on him. I think if he rounds into form, this bullpen becomes a lot scarier. Uh, give me Gregory Soto, someone not getting enough buzz, and then a, a little leaguer that uh, that could make their way onto the roster. Here's an idea. I, I would get rid of Jake Cave. I would get him off the 26-man, and I would, I would replace him with Derek Hall. I like Hall's power better. Uh, you don't need cave so much to play uh, a first baseman role because Harper's going to be there Schwarber's going to be your DH um, if you just need a bench bat I, I think you know the Phillies lack in left-handed power at this moment uh, you know I know cave can play the outfield I, I would be interested to see if they can get Derek Hall to play the outfield uh, in some capacity or you know if you have to for an inning move Harper to right field or left field and uh, and have Derek Hall play first base like he's accustomed to, or even put Schwarber out in left field and, and have Derek Hall come in and play DH. I think Derek Hall would be a better addition to this squad than uh, than Jake Cave. See, I have a different person in mind. Now, just hear me out on this. And I'm not even... There's a, a slight chance you might not hear about him too much, and that's completely... Ex- Try me. Um, but before I say the name, uh, can we... Just plug the. Can I just plug the phone number one more time? Of course. I forgot. I forgot. I forgot. Six one zero six eight three four zero five eight. If you want to disagree with Josh, yeah, I for I forgot to uh, say that as we came back from the KR notebook. Um, but Carlos De La Cruz. So De La Cruz is a really interesting player. I don't think he's ready yet. But really, I, I think twenty four home runs this past season. I I think give him a little more batting experience. Seventy nine seven ninety eight. Was he in double or triple A? Double. Right, so I think he needs a year in AAA. Okay. And uh, is he righty or lefty? Um, Righty. Righty, and he's an outfielder, right? He's act- they, So they actually moved him to first base, but, you know, he does have experience in the left field position. He's going to be an outfielder because Harper's yeah. playing first base when he comes up. So the interesting thing about this is there's kind of a gridlock, and what has to happen, here's why he's going to be down there for a year. I think if Johan Rojas is... is too bad and can't play. Not only will Whit Merrifield uh, go to left and Brandon Marsh to center, um, I think if they send Johan Rojas down, I think De La Cruz could be the call up. But um, what could also happen is like Brandon Marsh might not be ready for opening day. He's got that that knee injury. He had surgery. So you could see an interesting situation where they have to call someone else up and and have Marsh on the injured list to start the season. I, I think De La Cruz is an interesting player. I think he needs a little time yet to develop, and you might see, uh, rather than him, he might get passed over for the position in favor of Pache. Yeah, I mean, I just, you know, I was watching him all last season. In, uh, no, I've loved watching him in the minor leagues. So in double A, I mean, he slashed the ball. I mean, 24 home runs, 67 RBIs. He doesn't steal that many bases, though, only three on the season. Sure. but And, I mean, it's shocking because his size, you know, he should be able to steal more bases than he does. I mean, he's 6'8", 210 pounds. That's, That's a big body to get moving. 
Yeah, but I mean, you have those longer legs, the longer strides. So I, you know, that is something to maybe work on, just take into consideration. But I, you know, I really love, you know, the on-base percentage and the OPS from 798 OPS, uh, 344 yep. on-base percentage. You know, I liked what he's been doing in the Phillies minor league system. And, you know, he's towards the flip side of, you know, we talked about um, Justin Crawford uh, well, I, I last week. Well, I have a point to bring up with that, yeah. Yeah, you know, with Justin Crawford, you know, Crawford's only hitting for contact, you know, and I think De La Cruz is yeah, hitting La for Cruz power. Is, he's the, he's, I like De La Cruz he's the, he's more the, than I like Crawford uh, for that reason because he can go yard. I think the Phillies have enough guys that put the bat on the ball consistently. Um, you here's, know, here's an interesting thing, though. The Phillies don't seem to like him as much as Crawford. And what you might have to get ready for, Josh, is if the Phillies need to go out at the deadline and make a move for a reliever, right? Or, you know, God forbid one of their starters goes down and they have to get some starting pitching depth at the trade deadline. De La Cruz will likely be in that range of prospects that has some pull and, and has some leverage in deals. And he probably, uh, not probably, but he, he, there's a chance in my mind uh, that De La Cruz gets dealt this deadline just because the Phillies have so many players uh, here and and in the future um, in the outfield, right? You have Castellanos, Marsh, uh, Rojas, Pache, Merrifield, and then, you know, Crawford and, and some other outfielders down in the in the system. There's a gridlock, right? There's just such a gridlock. I didn't even mention Jake Cave, who's still around. So there's just a gridlock. One of those guys is, is probably going to get dealt for, for, you know, the value that they have. It's going to be De La Cruz. So what I would do if I were the Phillies, right, is keep De La Cruz in the minors because he's shown he can hit that. Have him, you know, continue cranking out those home runs and drive his stock value up so you can trade him for a bigger piece of the deadline. That's a completely fair point, you know, and I definitely do think if, you know, they're going to add him into that big package deal. And, you know, I, I definitely think it would be tough to see him walk, but I, I completely understand. You know, he almost reminds me of the modern-day Ryan Howard. You know, when Ryan Howard, Ryan, I mean, How- Ryan Howard, not it, not as... Not as powerful as Howard, but he's getting there. I think he, he still has. That's you, a bold prediction. You, you know, he 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 wasn't even drafted. He came in as an undrafted free agent by the yeah, Phillies. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and now he's know, one of the top prospects in the system. So. I think he's top ten, if not top. I believe five. he's top six or seven. I'm gonna. But anyways, while Josh looks that up, we are gonna step aside for our first break here on Backlash. When we get back. Got a couple more storylines to watch going forward in spring training, and then we'll jump over to some hockey, uh, you know, a busy week of Flyers hockey as well to talk about. So keep it here. This is the Radio Voice of Kutztown University, KUR. I'm Mitchell Smedley, and this is Backlash. Don't go anywhere. And welcome back in. It's Backlash here on the Radio Voice of Kutztown University, KUR. Taking you up till 5, and then me and Jack Heim got you from 5 till 7. Two more hours of sports talk coming your way on heavy hitters. So don't go anywhere for the next two and a half plus hours. Uh, we're talking Philly spring training right now. I've got a few more uh, things I want to throw by you, Josh. The first and foremost, um, holy smokes, we are turning the corner into March. And I knew that this could happen, but it is happening. And it's kind of crazy. Uh, Snell and Montgomery are still out there. And the more time goes by, I told you this last week, the more I become in on signing Montgomery. I just can't get over a rotation I, of Wheeler, Nola, Montgomery, uh, Suarez, and then Taiwan or Sanchez. I just can't get over that. And I think what they would have to do is get rid of the Taiwan contract um, to to add Montgomery so that they don't go over the next luxury tax. But that just becomes a stupid rotation. The Phillies are already ranked the third best rotation in baseball. I just saw an article come out from MLB today. Ranked the top three right there with the Dodgers and was it Astros? Who was the second one? Um, But Phillies already have a very good rotation. Jordan Montgomery makes this team from not just a a World Series contender, um, but, you know, one of the World Series favorites behind the Dodgers. I'm all in on it. The more time goes by, the more the price drops, the more Dave Dombrowski's lurking, and I just feel like it's that time where he surprises everybody and makes his patented big move. See, I think the Red Sox, though, are going to have the edge. Um, Supposedly, um, I was just reading an article earlier, um, the Red Sox and Jordan Montgomery met over Zoom. Now, I mean, that obviously doesn't Doesn't mean anything. Doesn't constitute. I think he's still most likely to go to the Rangers. But you think Montgomery to the Rangers? Who do you think yeah. Snell goes to then? Uh, Snell, I think the Yankees. Snell to the Yanks. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I uh, I don't think the Yankees. I think maybe 
just stays home with the Padres for some reason. I don't think I don't think the Padres are going to be putting out any money. They are a franchise in decline, and they're trying to sell pieces off. So I don't think the Padres will be signing any big deals anytime soon. Yeah, I'm. I mean, it's just you know, I I don't think the Yankees want them for some reason. I'm just not feeling that. I I would love to see Montgomery come to the Phillies. Well, I believe that the Yankees made an offer of around 162 million dollars to Snell, and he turned it down. He wants more, I believe, was the headline I saw a few weeks back. But uh, back over here in Philadelphia, I think it would be just the optimal move. I think do whatever you have to do, even if it's something where it's like a three-year deal but with options after every year, uh, so that if he does you know, go out and light the world on fire, then uh, he can go get himself a big bag next offseason, you know, let him let him bet on himself. And if not, he's still guaranteed, you know, three years. But I think um, – you know, just getting him in the door for this year because I think this is the prime year uh, to go win the World Series for the Phillies uh, that they have left. I, I think it just makes all the sense in the world. Back in spring training, uh, I believe the Phillies said today they're going to get guys like Bryce Harper, yeah, Bryce Harper, uh, Alec Walt. Boehm, um, and some other guys into the game on Wednesday. I think was their target, and uh, Alec Boehm apparently is dealing with a little bit of a nagging uh, injury throughout spring training. That's why he hasn't been uh, playing. They said Harper. And I believe, was it Schwarber? It was one of the other big dudes. Um, they just uh, have been resting. They just didn't want to put them in too soon. So they want to limit their reps, which is totally understandable. The veterans I like I get that. it. Um, yeah, so that, that's pretty much all I had on, on spring training. Anything else you saw that interested you in the game so far? Anything else uh, that you, you are interested in coming up in spring training, Josh? I mean, I just – it's good to have baseball back. So good to have it I back. mean, it's – and – Someone, you know, I had a conversation with someone the other day, and they and I said, you know, well, you know, what do you think about baseball? You know, I'm a big baseball fan myself, and they said to me, you know, a statement that just still haunts me. You want to know what it was? What was it? I wish they would shorten the season. <laughs> I said, okay. Now, I, I gave them the benefit of the doubt. I heard them out. I said, why do you think that? Because who wants to watch 100 games? Who wants I do. To- I said I, I do. I said I will say it I said, might be a little long. I said baseball is a marathon sport. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. Finish. Yeah. Exactly. I get that. That's but. why I love baseball. I love the spoilers at the end of the season, you know, the final playoff push. And you know, I, I definitely think though, with going back to Montgomery and Snell quickly, you know, if more Montgomery, I think if the Phillies do pick him up, I think this might be the year that they. Oh, I totally agree. Do win it all. Totally um, agree. I, I mean, watching last year's World Series and seeing the Rangers win it, um, was not happy one bit. I was not. I was happy, happy the the Diamondbacks lost. I, I mean, I hate the Diamondbacks. I can't stand them. Um, but I mean, they do have some solid talent over there. You you gotta admit. I understand that, that. and they're they're gonna be a good team for years to come. They're, oh my They're kind of yeah. like in the Philly situation where they're Cattell, really good, Cattell but they kind of Mar- got that big brother in their division, right? Cattell Marte, Jordan Lawler. Well, I've long Corbett said Carroll. Cattell Marte is one of my favorite players to watch. And I finally got validated last year. Wait until everyone jumped on the Cattell until, Marte train. Wait until Drew Jones starts to come up in the system. He is going to be someone special to watch. Yep. I mean, he's he's incredible. Yeah. Um, but the Diamondbacks, though, they struggle with what the Phillies have. They're a good, a really good team, but the uh, they kind of have that big brother in the division, keeping them from winning the division title. Uh, but they kind of did the Phillies thing and gotten in as a wild card and, uh, you know, made it all the way to the World Series before losing. But on to uh, – I think that's I think that's all I had on baseball. Let's that's move all on I to had. hockey. And uh, the Flyers have played a few more games since their embarrassment at the uh, stadium series against the Rangers. Well, they had a little bit of a bounce back, and they, they capitalized on that with a 3-1 win over the Blackhawks on Wednesday night. But the weekend was not as kind to them, losing back-to-back games uh, to the... I said they played the Rangers in the stadium series. That's incorrect. It was the Devils. They played the Rangers this Saturday. Uh, Flyers took the L. I believe the final was 2-0. 2-1. 2-1. Okay, so the Flyers did get on the board late. I forgot about that. Thank you, Josh. Um, yeah, the Flyers, that was an electric atmosphere with uh, Nick Delorier going at... Uh, who was that? Rippy, I believe was his name. Of the uh, of the Rangers, probably one of the best. It was fights. a minute long fight. That was awesome. That, that was, was probably awesome. That was probably one of the best fights we've seen in a while. Yeah, one of the best since the 2012 Flyers Penguins playoff series, which I believe is the best playoff hockey series I've ever seen. 
Oh my god! Yeah. I mean, all the fighting, Absolutely. all of the goals. Like it was a crazy series that went six games. Flyers came out on top, but uh, Delorier gets in a, a huge scrum, minute long of just haymakers, and he eventually got uh, Rippy to the ground, much to the delight of the Philly faithful down at the Wells Fargo Center. Flyers would go on to uh, to drop the game, though. Some penalties again disrupted their flow. They weren't able to establish themselves in the second period after a scoreless first. And, uh, you know, New York capitalized. They're a good team. Even after the Flyers uh, killed a, a penalty off, and then it was a four-minute minor that they were killing off. And then with about a minute and a half left, the Rangers took a penalty. It was four-on-four, four, and the Rangers netted their first goal in that four-on-four four time frame. So very disappointing that you kill off, you know, over half of that minor, of that four-minute minor, and then you you know the penalty expires on the on the ranger penalty and you let up the goal after that and the flyers uh would give up the insurance goal later on uh i believe to rippy himself and then they only netted one in the comeback effort in the third so disappointing way for the flyers to lose but against a good team uh however the next day against a team that they should have beat in my opinion the pittsburgh penguins right behind the flyers in the standings quickly on their heels uh big two points at stake and the Flyers dropped an exciting game to Pittsburgh. 7-6 your final. Holy smokes. This game was tied at 1, tied at 2, tied at 4, tied at 6. Before the Penguins eventually got the win. Wasn't able to catch much of this one, but the Flyers. Uh, Scott Lawton had a couple goals in this one. The Flyers were down 4-2. to two. They tied it up. The Flyers were down 6-4 to four in the third. And they tied it up very quickly, actually. Uh, before giving up the final goal. Not Sam Arison's finest stretch here. Looks like he's struggling. Uh, I, I started to notice this right when uh, Carter Hart went out because Arison, before Hart went out, was absolutely impressive. But uh, since the spotlight has been shined on this uh, on this rookie here, Sam has not looked his finest. Josh, any opinions on what you've seen out of the Flyers' netminder? I mean, it's just... I mean, I he looks uncomfortable. He looks scared. He looks nervous now. Where when he was the backup, you know, know, it was okay if he made a wrong move once or twice. Now I feel like he's trying to get everything right, and he's he's in his own head now. That's what I'm noticing out of Ayers. He looks tighter. Oh, absolutely. He he definitely looks. You know, he can't shake off those mistakes that he makes, and you know, yep, it, it's definitely tough to. You know, tell a player, hey, you know, shake it off. You know, go get the next one. Yeah. You know, it's easier said than done. For um, sure. But, it, you know, he, he just needs to find that rhythm again. I mean, he, like I said, he looks uncomfortable. I mean, it's, it's, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. And I'll definitely say this, Cal Peterson in that, um, Penguins game didn't do much. No, better. Cal Peterson really, really was save, not good. Save percentage of seven eighty one. Yeah, that's, that's not getting it done. Terrible. Um, that's yeah. Ter- say what you want about Arison, he's still the best goalie on this team. Um, Cal Peterson is not the answer. But um, yeah, just something I noticed out of out of Arison in the last couple weeks. So, um, to the Flyers' credit, though, I believe both games this weekend they were without their star Travis Konechny. I know he was out on Saturday. I think he was out Sunday as well. Uh, should be a short-term injury. The Flyers aren't expecting him to miss considerable time. However, you're seeing his impact lost on the ice. Uh, his his net skills, his uh, his passing skills through the middle of the ice are just impeccable. And uh, you're seeing the Flyers struggle to develop that quick rush ability that they were so famous for. Um, him and Lawton going down the ice even shorthanded. And, and on special teams, the Flyers special teams especially struggling in this recent stretch. So Konechny's impact obviously being felt uh, on the ice for the Flyers. Anything else you had in hockey, Josh? I mean, it was, you know, I mean, that one win, you know, did a lot for the team, and then it just seemed like they, they fell off. It was and a great rebound, you know. It, you, it was a game that needed to happen. and It was know. the Blackhawks, so it's an easy opponent. But, you know, you still kind of got rocked around by the uh, by the Devils a little bit on national TV, so you needed to kind of come back with one. And they did, but... Uh, and they're not... And, the, you and, know, they, and then look, I'm not mad about the Rangers game. They stood up to a really good Rangers team. You know, they were physical. They didn't get blown out. I, I thought the, the Penguins game, though, the amount of times they fought back and then just couldn't settle in and lock it down uh, was frustrating to me. And, you know, we talked about the standings a little bit, and, you know, the Flyers are doing all right, still third in the Metropolitan, um, uh, five points up against the Devils. Um, How many games in hand the Devils have? They have, 
Two. Two games in hand. So, yeah, so could the, be a one-point advantage. Could be. So, and, I, I mean, it's... You know the the Flyers need to start getting it together. I mean, they're gonna, they're they're going to start falling into the problem. You know, you know, even in the beginning of the season, they still struggled to you know shake off the dust a little bit. We saw that you know in right around the beginning of the season, and I mean, this is the worst time for it to be happening mm-hmm. once again. Um, Talk about a guy that's disappeared. Uh, Jamie Drysdale was impactful oh in his my. first couple weeks here, but uh, ever since then, he's been invisible. Kind of losing some pucks at the blue line. I don't know. You know, he's a young defenseman, but he's got to figure that out. And I, I think uh, you know, some more time with with uh, Tortorella should should get him kind of whipped into shape. He is twenty one years old after all, so he's definitely got a lot of time left to develop. And this a, is a developmental era for the Flyers, so you know, it's I was about to, to say. be expected. They're still in third place, even with all these struggles. They are still in third place in the metro, uh, Metropolitan Division in a rebuilding year. It's it's absolutely incredible. What the first half of their season brought, and uh, you know, it's made for some exciting stuff. I mean, the fact that we're even talking about them on this show this year is uh, impressive, nonetheless. Because you know, their teams we're not talking about, right? How about that basketball team? How about those Sixers losing what, like seven in a row? Somewhere around it's there. Not good, man. And I mean, going back to your Drysdale point, you know, right now he's currently listed as day to day. So you know, it might it might not just be something you know on his part. It might just be something medical wise. Well, no, he was on the ice on Saturday when I was watching the game. So that must have been a very recent thing. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not exactly sure what his what his uh, health situation is, but um, I I've been watching and he's been on the ice. He's just not been doing much when he's out there. So uh, you know. Kind of disappointed, but he's he's still got um, you know his best years ahead of him by far. So I'm excited to see what the future holds for him. But this is backlash, so if you mess up, you know we're going to call you out for it. That's what we're here for. We're here to yell I at people. A, I have another question to post, Steve. What is your opinion on the great? I don't think he's the great, but Pittsburgh does. Sidney Crosby. Um, very simple. Two words. Crosby sucks. Wow, that's what yeah. we chant uh, down at the Wells Fargo Center all the time, and it holds true. He's a loser. He's a softy. He's a whiner. <laughs> He's a bum. Yeah, I not a Crosby guy. I hate man. him. No, I can't stand him. Um, you know, Sidney Crosby. He's right up there with like, um, you know, Dak Prescott. Can't stand. Wow. He's right up there with uh, Pete Alonzo. Polar Pete. I mean, he's way. I hate Crosby way more than Alonzo because Crosby's actually good. Um, <laughs> that's definitely Paul. shade thrown at Jack. Um, oh yeah, and I, uh, I, I don't know who I hate more now, Polar Pete or um, Sidney Crosby. Got to be Crosby. Oh yeah, probably. I mean, the guy's got three Stanley Cups. I can't stand him. So, anyways, he's like the he's like the showboater of hockey. Like, Absolutely, and I I hate that. I hate that. It's a hundred percent true. He's he's also a crybaby. He gets you know touched he, and he's flopping all over the ice. So. Um, it's actually a good transition. I went to a Flyers Penguins playoff game. Uh, How was that? Twenty eighteen. It was so. The problem is, I just wanted to hear the horn once. I just wanted to hear the horn. I wanted to score one goal and hear the horn. You know, because we we knew we were going to lose the series. And let me guess, the Flyers we got, got shut, shut out five nothing. Wow. We had to see Crosby score twice. It was Ooh. the worst. Every Ooh. time he touches the puck, though, we all boo him. And that's my favorite Flyer tradition: just boo when Crosby has the puck. Um, good. Yeah, but we we lost. Flyers had heavy pressure all throughout the first period, just couldn't get one in the goal. And then uh, before you know it, it was 5 nothing at like the second period uh, intermission. So that was that was annoying. Um, yeah, I remember that. That loss annoyed me. What, do you have any uh, – have you ever been at a playoff game of uh, like a Phillies game, Flyers game? I've only game? been to one Flyers game, and it was in seventh grade. Oh, okay. Um, I haven't been down to the Wells Fargo Center now in five, eight years. Wow. You gotta get years. back, but I do. You're, we gotta go. You're you're right. We do. I I could not agree more. Um, next Can you year field trip. <laughs> I I mean I feel like we could definitely work that in the budget somewhere. I mean we could, <laughs> we just need to ask your co-host Jack Heim. Yeah, we'll get Jack on that. Yeah, right. Yes. On yeah, the other get, side, though, we do have to. I do have to uh, get up to a break here, Josh. But on the other side, we're gonna do a little reminiscing. We're gonna take a trip down memory lane. And uh, run through some of the worst playoff losses in Philly sports history. The most painful, the most memorable, and uh, ones that stick out to us. So you won't want to miss it. You'll want to get this. Like I said, it's group therapy. And it's right here on KUR.
And welcome back in. This is Backlash here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. One final segment before we throw Josh out of the studio and bring in Jack Heim for Heavy Hitters. I'm your host, Mitchell Smedley, and it is great to be with you every single Monday at 4. Thanks for being with me. We'll have one more show next week, and then it's off to spring break. Josh, I think we'll figure something out to record a show uh, over spring break. It'll be in the heat of the... uh, of the spring training era, and who knows, we might have to make an emergency show to talk about Jordan Montgomery coming to Philadelphia. So, um, I think you know, time permitting, we could probably do something over. Oh, over absolutely, break. we have a week to do that. That exactly. that works for me. Yep. Um, but Mitch, yes, sir. Six one zero six eight three forty fifty eight six ten six eight three forty fifty eight. What's your input? What is the worst loss? In Philly sports history, just not, not like a not like a whole series in one, a single game. If you had to point to one, and I'll, I'll let me bring you through a, a few that are automatic answers, right, Josh? So, of course, the NLCS last year was terrible. Let's all wash it out of our minds. But Josh, is there a particular game of the four that the Phillies lost that hurt more than Game Seven when they officially lost the series this year? Yes. So games three, four, and six, they also lost, right? So game it, three was that two to one final in a messy game. I was on a plane during that. I actually didn't watch two thirds of it, um, but that one seemed painful. Game four to me is the winner because the Phillies were up. What was it like six to two, five to two, something like that? They were up by a lot. They still lost. And they, yeah, the the collapse God. of the bullpen and Rob Thompson's mismanagement of it. Can you grab that? Oh, well, maybe not. Working on it. And. Uh, the mismanagement of that, I think Game Four was even worse than uh, than Game Seven. What are your thoughts, Josh? Oh, he's he's working on it. <laughs> he's throwing it down. Um, <laughs> Josh, I think it's good. So I don't know. I think the the way in which they lost it, uh, you know, Josh, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? You know, you can use your mic, right? So I. It won't pick up like a dial tone for some reason. No, you got to slam it down and just wait for it to ring again. I did that a couple times, and uh, yeah, just slam the phone down. It's not gonna. It's, you have to wait for the person to call. Do you not know how to use a phone? <laughs> this is what happens when we don't have wall phones anymore. Josh just grew up with a cell phone. Do you remember having your phone on the wall, Josh? Yeah, I do, Mitch. I do remember that. Thank uh, you very much. Do uh, you remember how to use it? <laughs> Whoever called before Josh was unable to answer your call properly. 610-683-4058. My, my apologies. very funny. My apologies. You're going to get fired, buddy. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Oh. Your job is safe. Your job is safe. So I posed. Just like Rob Thompson. It's I, not really. But, I posed hey. the idea that game four of the NLCS was worse than game seven. What are your thoughts? So I actually have a different game um, out of the whole playoff picture this postseason. NLCS. NLCS. Yeah. Probably that when they were up six yeah. two, that was yeah, that, that was, was bad, pitiful. But the the okay, the worst loss in the entire. I playoff, know where you're going with this, and I totally agree. In the air, going back at the wall, Austin I, Riley. Are you kidding me? Home run! I, I, no, how about uh, I, you know? I'm and like, then when I thought Nick Castellanos just returned the favor, and then it turned into a double play. Oh, that Braves loss killed me. Oh, that Braves loss. So I I Facetime Jack. Was, I was ready to just quit being a Phillies fan. Yeah, that me too. Day. I Facetime Jack on my walk home. I was watching at some buddy's place, and I Facetime Jack on the walk home, and I told him I said, Jack, I have lost a World Series. And a Super Bowl in the past calendar year. That loss hurt more than both of them. That loss was painful. That was terrible. I came to the studio the next day and we were almost... We were in tears, buddy. We were crying. It was awful. That was... Oh, oh, man, that game hurt. Because we had that locked up. It was four to nothing in the seventh inning. Four to nothing in the sixth or seventh. I think it was the sixth. Then it was 4-1. In the seventh, and then it was four three in the eighth, and then five four after the eighth inning. That would be your final. And however, however, we have to credit the Braves and uh, Orlando Arcia for running off the field, going "At a boy, Harper! At a boy, Harper!" Um, all right. Similar question to the the earlier one I posed. Worst loss 
out of last year's World Series. You can choose from Game 2, Game 4, 5, or 6. Which one hurt the most? Well, I mean, I feel like the most, you know, general answer is, is Game 6. You know, Game 6 was bad. Um, Veerling's back! This game is turned upside down! Was that the one when uh, Jordan Alvarez... Yeah, that was the Jordan bomb, yeah, dude. I... That thing was probably the hardest hit ball I've ever seen. He's like the modern-day Frank Thomas. That thing was crushed. I, that guy is insane. I, I can't stand him. What about Game 6, though? Right? Remember Game 6? Schwarber led off with a home run. Oh, everything's great. And then it was 3-1 to one, uh, Astros... And the Phils in the eighth inning had first and third, uh, one man out. Somehow they got one across. And then um, it was Brandon Marsh with first and third, tying run at third, uh, and one out. And he couldn't put the bat on the ball, struck out, and then Schwarber came up and, and flew out to left. And uh, the Phillies didn't didn't tie the game there. And then, as if that inning wasn't painful enough, the um, – oh, what was that stupid center fielder's name? What was that stupid? The guy that grew up in Philly, uh, Chaz McCormick, when he ran in like face first into the wall and caught I, the ball off Real Muto, runner on first, that probably would have scored him. I mean, literally, I swear to God, this uh, there's not one player on the Astros that I like. I hate them all. I can't stand the Astros. I hate how Hector Neris was so good for them. Me too. And he was literally terrible for the Phillies. How like how does that happen? That was brutal. I mean, that was. I mean, it was awful. Watching wow. him shove was just like unacceptable to me. I couldn't, I couldn't handle that. Um, I, I think Game Six might be worse, but that that Jordan home run hurt. That Jordan home run definitely hurt. But Game Five, or I mean, uh, Game Four. I mean, what about a no hitter? Right, getting no hit in the World Series. I was losing my mind, losing my mind. That was were three of the most painful baseball games I've ever watched. Three consecutive games. Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday, dude. That was a painful week. What's even worse is game three, they won seven to nothing. And then they go out and get no hit five to nothing. That was unbelievable. Uh, yeah, that World Series just, it started off so good, man. Do you remember JT's home run in extras game one? That was, I was going crazy. When we were house. down five nothing, and came we, back to win. Yeah, that was, I, I thought that was going to be the moment we were going to win it all that year. And... The Astros broke my heart. Yep. You know, uh, I want to transition yep. to this. How about some Eagles painful losses? Right. Obviously, the Super Bowl comes to mind. This year's playoff game against the Bucks comes to mind. Twenty twenty one. How about going? Uh, you know, you know, from week twelve on, not winning a yeah, game. Yeah, that was pathetic. But twenty twenty one, I didn't really think the Eagles belonged in the playoffs anyway, so that one really didn't hurt me. You know, which one does hurt me though? Twenty eighteen, the divisional round against the Saints. Because the year before, Eagles won the Super Bowl, thanks to Nick Foles coming in uh, in relief of uh, Carson Wentz. What happens 2018? Carson Wentz has another back injury. Foles has to come in. Three straight wins to end the season. The double doink against the Bears. It looks like it's fate, Josh. It looks like it's fate. That's like a video game. (laughs) Yeah, the first play of the game, the Eagles pick off Drew Brees. They go up 14-0 in the first quarter. And they don't score again. It's 20-14, to 14, your final, when the Eagles had gotten down to the 20-yard line. And Foles puts it right on the money to Alshon Jeffrey for a first down. It goes through his hands and is intercepted to end the game. On a potential game-winning drive to go to the NFC Championship game for a second consecutive year. It was right there. And I will never forget losing that game. Uh, you're a Cowboys fan, so you really don't have any input on this. But... No. Uh, 2013, also to the Saints. That was whatever. 2019, that one upset me uh, because that was Carson Wentz's first and only playoff game. And uh, he got hurt in the first quarter, which was so disappointing. Uh, I hate the Seahawks. I can't stand the Seahawks. Who does like the Seahawks? And if so, why? Like, the Seahawks are just such an annoying hippie. Hey, man, I want to root for a good team, man. But it's not the Patriots, man. Like, I just... Seahawks fans are such bandwagoners, and uh, I can't stand them. They're some of the most annoying people on the planet. So, uh, not a Seahawks guy. Quick announcement from the game. <laughs> <laughs> that is, oh, that is great. I am so that that's lovely. I mean, you read could, your notebook. The Seahawks fans are terrible. I can't stand them. <laughs> no, you do have a point. I hate Seahawks fans. 
The Allies Club. We're the 12s, man. We have no ego, no, no ego at all. We're going to say we're a player on the team, man. Shut up. You're not the only loud stadium. Like, you don't see Phillies fans with obviously the loudest MLB stadium going, we're on the team, man. We're on the team, John. You know, you don't see them saying that. Yo, they're in our ballpark. We play on the team because we're the we're the tens. You know, you don't see that. Seattle needs to shut up and lose the ego. The problem. Allies Club needs. <laughs> I think it would be perfect if you just kept raining about the Seahawks <laughs> while I read this keyword notebook. No, I can't do that. We got to hear about the Allies Club. The Allies Club meets every Thursday from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. in the Boxwood House to share community support and discuss topics of interest to LGBTQIA individuals and allies. The Allies Club aims to increase awareness and visibility on campus. You do not want to miss out on these important meetings. This message of interest is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown versus Carol Kutztown. Welcome to group therapy session right here on KUR. Yep. Um, I, I, I'm sorry. I just really... <laughs> it's okay. Over to hockey. Just running through the few highlighted I have. Um, obviously, the 2018 series, because I was at that game and we, we got shut out 5 nothing. that really, really irritated me. Uh, that was to the Penguins. But then uh, 2019, I guess technically 2020, but in the bubble, uh, losing to the Islanders really was not something that tickled my fancy, uh, especially getting shut out 4 nothing in Game 7. After getting to Game 7, thanks to a double overtime goal by Ivan Provorov in Game 6, one of the best calls of Flyers history, they score! Ivan Provorov! Game 7! Saturday! And then Saturday came around and we never scored. Ever. To Jack's Islanders? Get out of my face. That was a pathetic game. Uh, after such a fun off se- or, uh, postseason, by the way. We had the round robin. It was all kinds of crazy. The Flyers were dominating people. They were patting Nate Suzuki on the head when they beat the Canadians because he was such a dope <laughs> he was. He's an idiot. He's a loser. I can't stand Nate Suzuki. Um, oh, my goodness. Dude, that Canadian series was fun. Beat him in five. Um, I don't know. Any any hockey losses I'm forgetting about that were particularly painful? Um, do you remember the um, outdoor classic up at Boston Red Sox Stadium between the Bruins and uh, the Flyers? Which year? I want to say, like, 2013. No, I, was like, I don't. I, I was, like, I think it was, like, eight and... Walk yeah. us through it. Walk I mean, it was it. it was painful, literally painful to watch. Try and answer the phone correctly this time. We're you got to get it. it quickly. There you go. While Josh does that, I'll quickly run through and say that uh, the obvious choice is basically every year for the Sixers. Game seven this year. Game seven against Hello? Toronto with the uh, is Hello? this the dagger shot? I think they hung up, buddy. <laughs> Josh, I think they hung up. Josh is uh, he's trying to get someone on the line. But, um, again, when Josh puts down the phone, 610-683-4058 if you want to get in on the show. Uh, or if you want they to call did, in the heavy hitters as well. They did hang up on me indefinitely. They they actually did, which is very sad. Yeah, I guess they don't want to talk to you. I'll try and answer the phone from now on. I'll reach over across the table. Um, <laughs> Josh is over for 2 on phone duty today. What's going on? I'm trying my best here. They, I know. They, they didn't want to talk to me. And are we going for three? You got to pick it up quickly, bud. Oh, my goodness. And he's going to try again. We're trying to get the caller on the line. Um, okay. I think someone's messing with you at this point, Josh. I think someone is messing with you. Let's get back to again. Let's get back to baseball. Uh, maybe leave it off the hook. Uh, just a thought. This is a low-budget production, if you couldn't tell. Um, any regular season... Phillies losses that particularly stick out in your mind because you know you lose 70 to 90 games a year as a baseball team like there's a lot there's a lot to pick from I feel like I for any that stick out to you for baseball yeah well I I told you um during the the break um the 09 World Series that was what about World Series screams regular season to you oh oh regular (laughs) season I was still like in the zone about it's okay. about how it's okay. By the way, Josh had an L take. He said that the uh, 09 World Series was more painful than losing the uh, 2011 series against the Cardinals. No, I... dude, the Phillies were a super team in 2011. They lost to a wild card Cardinals team. Um, so I definitely do have bias in this. Um, 
you remember that weekend series out in Pittsburgh where the Phillies took one of three? And um, was that this year? That was this year. Yeah, um, when they won Friday night and then lost the other two. Yeah, I was out there for it. Oh, nice. Yeah, really, nice, really painful. And then let me tell you more about this story because that was a terrible weekend trip. On the way back, so the last moment we had in Pittsburgh was uh, Palacios' walk-off home run. On oh, his, I forgot about that. On his birthday, he walks it off. And I'm just sitting in my seat. I'm like, <laughs> all right, well, what else could go wrong? And it did. Everything else went wrong. On the way back, we got a flat tire on our bus. <laughs> nice. We were stranded on the highway for, like, two hours. And then on top of that, Something happened with, like, the suspension system, so it was, like, it was almost, like, jumping up and down. Like, I was falling out of my (laughs) seat. You know what was awful? Actually, speaking of, you know what was really not fun? Um, (laughs) Not that. (laughs) After the Kutztown-Westchester game this year, driving back in Josh's car, not only with the heat on max, but also I'm sitting in the back, and Josh wanted to listen to the Penn State football broadcast, so he turns it to max volume because he's like, I can't hear it over the heater. (laughs) And he didn't realize that the speaker, the only speaker in the car, was directly behind my ears in the back. So he's turning it up because he can't hear it. Guess who could hear it loud and clear? Me. Not Mitch. (laughs) Me. I thought you were asleep, though. Weren't, didn't I you? was trying to be. You had your AirPods in and you were sleeping. Why do you think I had my AirPods in? Well, to act as earplugs from your deafening football <laughs> game. Did we even win that? Yes, we did. Okay. We did We did beat Maryland. Good. Don't get oh me started on Maryland. I hate them more than By the Maryland. way, some painful Penn State losses um, to Ohio liter- State the last few years. Literally every... Every clutch game and James Franklin losing it, like I, mean, <laughs> I know it's it's like, pathetic. <laughs> it's like the biggest bit in all of college football. Yeah, it's just what mean, it is. I mean, it, it's awful, but yeah. um, yeah. Well, Josh, we are coming up on the end of the show. But any any final words? I'm sorry that I had the music blare. <laughs> it's okay, you know. I'm just you, you're turning me into but Helen a- Keller. Anyway, uh, turning me into Helen Keller. Anyway, you know the Phillies. Uh, you know, I can't uh, wait to see Bryce Harper for the first I time. I can't either, and I think Jordan Montgomery becomes a Philly. Thank you. Good. Everyone's getting on this hype train. Well, you won't want to go anywhere because we do have two more hours of sports talk heading your way and heavy hitters, me, Jack Heim, and your phone calls because we can actually pick them up on that show. And then, uh, oh, dude, Josh, my. we're going to start a counter for you. 0 for 3 today. Improve on that, all right? Listen, Anyways, listen. I can't listen Kyle's right up at the end of the show. I'm sorry, Josh. But uh, right. tune in next week. We'll be talking more Phils, more Flyers, and everything Philly sports. We'll have another group therapy session. There's always something to be pissed off at in Philly sports. So come here to rant and rave about it here on Backlash on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. Kutztown, see you next Monday at 4.